Welcome to episode number nine of the Disney Hipster Podcast, a show critiquing the aesthetic choices of the Disney company. My name's Adam, and I write for the Disney Hipster blog. With me always is my co-host, Andrew. Hello there. Today we're going to be doing uh, something a little different. We're going to be doing a random segment melange. So we're going to start off today by doing a top five pieces of news. It's the top five pieces of the news this week. Which one will you choose? It's the top five pieces of the news this week. And the other four might lose. So in the top five pieces of news, we're going to be uh, listing five news stories from the last couple weeks or so. And we're going to pick which ones actually are important. The top five pieces of news from the last couple weeks are the Big Top Souvenirs store in the Magic Kingdom will feature a onstage open kitchen, kind of like at the bakery and at the confectionery at Downtown Disney. Then also on the list, Epcot's 30th merchandise, you know, the anniversary merchandise. Number three, the opening of Grizzly Gulch in Hong Kong Disney. Number four, the removal of the kiosk in downtown Disney to make better traffic flow at the Earl of Sandwich, which sucks. And number five, the uh, announcement of the local Florida booth and the Terra vegan booth at Food and Wine this year. Adam, which which of those five is actually important news? Uh, I mean, I guess I would go with the Grizzly Gulch. Mm-hmm. Just because it's such a big deal. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, rare that a Disney park gets original content that we've never really seen before. Yeah, the pictures from it are really phenomenal. And I think as far as design goes, it's it's really good. It's sort of in the same idea as that similar area in California Adventure. Uh-huh. It's very similar looking. And uh, I think they have a very similar ride to Grizzly River Run. Yeah, and I, won't, I mean, that's the thing. I haven't really looked too much into it yeah. so far, so I don't I mean I don't really know what it looks like to say whether it's good or not, but the design's the design's definitely good and I think uh the expansion of that park is really needed and exciting at the same time. Uh-huh. Mystic more, Point looks amazing. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm more excited about Mystic Point than I am about that. I think that's opening pretty soon. Mm-hmm. But um, but it, it is neat to have you know well it is a big deal to have a new chunk of park opening even though yeah. people tend not to talk about it so much when it's not in the local U.S. parks. Exactly. Yeah, people should talk more about the uh, Asia parks. So of those top five uh, pieces of news, I'm actually going to pick the last one, the announcement of the local Florida and Terra booths yeah. at Food and Wine. Now, that's what I would have went with. It's not that it's <laughs> it's not that it's even a huge deal. You know that there's new booths. There are always you know there tend to be a new booth or two every Food and Wine. But as vegetarians, obviously the vegan booth sounds amazing this is a kind of a good step in the right direction as far as food and wine is concerned and overall food options at the park yeah some of the menu items for tara are like fake chicken curry which i'm gonna be all over i'm sure i'm gonna destroy a couple fake chicken curries they also have a chili with homemade chips and cashew cheese and a little note about cashew cheese. It sounds like a bad idea, it's especially just, to people who eat dairy. It sounds like a bad idea, uh, but it's so good. I think it's kind of disgusting. It's delicious. I'm gonna be cashew honest, cheese is amazing. Vegan cheese is gross. They shouldn't even. No, this is not. We're not. This is not 
this is not like plastic teas cheese. You know uh-huh. what I mean? This is a whole other thing. It's not a dairy substitute at all. It's like a cream. It's del- delish. Then they also, uh, of course, have a chocolate cake, which I'm excited about. Whether you know whether or not it's, I know it's vegan, but uh, yeah, that shouldn't affect the flavor matter. too much. It, it'll be pretty good. I'm I'm just glad from a point of view like that the whole fake. You know, I don't love fake meat to right. begin with as a vegetarian, right. but. I think it's a good idea that they're they're introducing stuff because I guess the whole yeah. point of food and wine is to introduce people to new foods. Yeah, I just hope that people that stuff. actually try it. Yeah, you know, I because think some they of it, will. I mean, some of the stuff in New York can be quite delicious. Yeah, that, you know, we've we've obviously eaten, but there's a, an abundance of fake meat restaurants in New York. I worked at one for years and years, and they've kind of perfected it. Yeah, you know? certain, certain ones are great, but certain ones can be really bad too. Yeah, so. I assume that this will be the better stuff. Yeah, you know? I. I I wonder if this chocolate cake is uh, Baby Cake's cake. I wonder. Because I think, I think that they might be selling the food and wine this year. That would be awesome. Yep. I think that would be terrific. I don't know. I mean, I hope, what I really hope, I guess, is if the, I mean, the chicken quality or the fake chicken quality, if you yeah. will, is, is good, yeah. that maybe Disney starts to use it elsewhere. And incorporate that into some of the restaurants. That would be terrific. Especially in those situations where there's no vegetarian options and it's like, oh, a pasta dish. Yeah, that's so, so you know, like we, we avoid restaurants that don't have a vegetarian option because we don't want them to or make we, us a vegetarian option. Or we end up eating several appetizers or side dishes like at La Cellier. Yeah. There's like nothing is, we can eat But Which is good in, in those situations, but sometimes right. they don't even have that. The vegetarian options are often very uninspired. So if they could throw, if they could just go grab some fake chicken from the uh, shared WDW Utilidor freezers. Yeah. <laughs> You know? That would be great. It would be, uh, yeah, it would be great. All right, so that's our top five news roundup. Now we're going to be doing everyone's favorite segment, Good Design, Bad Design. So for today's Good Design, Bad Design, we're going to be exploring the wonderful world of show facades. This is a... Whether it's a ride or an attraction or a show or whatever, the part of the building that you actually see as a park guest, the on-stage presence of the attractions. Adam, what's your good design, bad design? Okay, so mine are a little bit predictable, a little bit boring, but I, I felt like I needed to focus on something that had like solid facades, because some stuff just kind of don't really have facades or in other buildings, right. or they're like just in a, a row, you know, like the things in Tomorrowland, which are bad, but whatever. Uh-huh. Okay, so my good design, I picked Pirates. Okay. Which I know I've mentioned a thousand times. <laughs> but the outside is really awesome. This is, of course, Pirates of the Caribbean. Caribbean, of yes. Of course, not just pirates. Well, what else would I be talking about? Well, this you could Disney be talking podcast. about their outfits, a pirate outfit. No, I'm talking about the giant, awesome This is slime fort, for Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, outside of the pirates. It's just very stonework and big and grand. Sort of that nice Spanish influence. It is indeed. I like that. It, it fits, fits into the area. Very well. Yes. You would... It definitely seems like it would come from the source location. And it's what makes that Caribbean plaza. plaza you know, awesome. that's what yeah. makes that area a sort of mini land, and I, I always like that. Mm. Yeah, it is very grandiose, and I like it's. I think it's a clock tower, uh-huh. right? That's, that's kind wonderful. of sort of. No, it is where the uh, towards where the sources of the Magic Kingdom. Is oh, that now. thing. Yeah, it's yeah. like a clock tower, and you have sort of uh, ramshackle old flags and, and such. Yeah, I love that. It's definitely effective. Yeah, I like it. I'm into it. Um, and then for my bad design, I picked my always blind uh, mission space. 
Yeah, this, yeah, we differ on this one because I think the facade is terrific. I just think it's so brightly colored and looks like, and again, this is all for, they spent so much time and money and effort designing that facade. Yeah. And I just think it's weak what's and kind of cheesy. What's the story they like to tell about how they went through 30 different colors or whatever? Oh, yeah. To from get the, the, from the from red Mars. to the Mars and it's all so that stupid. stuff. Yeah, and that's just like flaking like, off. Um, but it's needs to know that. just to like, it's just too. I don't know. Like, it just destroys the charm of Epcot in that area. I, it's I, a kind of an eyesore. I've never had a problem with the show building. I would have appreciated if they just spent less money on the show building. Right. <laughs> and more on the attraction. Well, they didn't spend any money on the attraction, obviously. Yeah, clearly. Had some third-rate CG and Gary Sinise. Whoop, that's awesome. Yeah. No, not so much. The the I like the show building. I have nothing bad to say about it. I think it works well, and if they keep anything, I hope it's that and not the attraction. So, for my good design, I am going to say, I was torn about this one. I could, oh, if I thought too hard, I could go off in another direction. Yeah, I was thinking so. But I, I just went and picked my Tiki Birds. Um, it's funny how we both picked ones in Adventureland, uh -huh. the, probably the most extensively themed area in the Magic Kingdom for sure. Mm -hmm. The one the one area that the Magic Kingdom really kind of nails, mm -hmm. you know? And you're talking about the Magic Kingdom one. I'm talking, yes, of course, the Magic Kingdom Tiki Birds. It's just that wonderful, fantastic, over-the-top tiki architecture with a thatched roof mm -hmm. that really draws your attention to that area, whether or not you even know there's an attraction in there. Most people do not. Mm -hmm. um, it Well, it, it kind of flows really well into, like, Sunshine Tree Terrace. You know, it's not really, you don't see the definition of where one starts and one stops, and that's terrific. And uh, the new signage, I don't know if we're lumping this into it, but I definitely am. The new sign just makes me smile from ear to ear when I see it, considering that Iago and Zazu are gone. Were, uh, what were they, nailing the new management over it? Yeah. That was just such a slap in the face. That was the worst sign in the world. It yeah. made me cringe. So that makes me very happy. Yes, and it just adds a lot to the area. It's definitely a great, great, great design. Yeah, I know you like it. I know that well, one. I do. And, and it acts as a great weenie in that area. You should probably give them the full name because people might not know what you mean by Tiki Rooms. Shut up, screw you. The Enchanted, I think I even said it. The Enchanted Tiki Room. I think I did say did it. I'm pretty sure. Did you? In that case, it's also the Tropical Serenade. I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I'm pretty sure I said it. Okay. Regardless, um, you guys can correct me when you rewind and realize I probably didn't say it. So, uh, my bad design. This this one, I think, was a little bit easier for me. It's uh, it's a small world. I would say small world. But... I was going to actually pick that. The reason I didn't, because I felt like it was like those other ones. Like It was just all those Fantasyland facades again, are all bad. Again, this is uh, the Magic Kingdom, not Disneyland. Disneyland one is phenomenal. The um, Here's a good example of bad a bad sign, you know? It's yeah. that great sort of It's a Small World classic font uh -huh. that I love, you know? But the image is just so blah and whatever. I, I'm not that into it. And then it's that medieval circus tent that has been played to death in Fantasyland. Uh-huh. That you needs know? to go. Yeah, it just looks so cheap. It's the... Ugh. It's, car it's, it's just... It's vinyl, plywood. vinyl flags and plywood. It looks friggin' horrible. And I wouldn't say that the, uh, I wouldn't say that the cure for this would be to bring the clock from the inside out. I don't actually think that would work in this case. I, I don't mind it being on the inside for the queue. The reason it works so well in Disneyland is because you have that huge mall 
area. Yeah. You know, that big esplanade leading down from the main part of Fantasyland over to It's a Small World. And because you have that giant expanse of land, it works better because yeah. it's so looming. I feel like if it was in the tight little corner over by Peter Pan's Flight in the Magic Kingdom, it would be very overwhelming. It definitely would. You know, if, it, if it's huge and you wouldn't be able to stand back and look at it. Yeah, before we went to Disneyland, I actually thought the same thing because yeah. I knew that the, yes. that the inside of the Magic Kingdom was on the outside. Right. And when I would see pictures of it, I'm like, man, How's it's got to be work? so weird. Especially when I know that they did the um, the projection show on right. it. Right. That's like, kind of how I thought. How too. weird it was going to be to have to watch that so close to it. Yeah. But. The, and the one in the one in Disneyland is just so so amazing, and it adds a lot to the land. And I like that that again. It's like a little mini land is themed to it's a small world. The trash cans and the churro carts and this and that. They even have their own store for crying out loud. It's a small world store that's wonderful and outside the outside element of it's really great and so that could never they could never sort of repurpose that for disney world yeah you know it just wouldn't wouldn't work i think i think the best idea would be to make it sort of unassuming you know but themed to new fantasy land yeah you know i I mean that's the thing like right now i just feel like it's all the reason i didn't pick it is it's a lack of facade yeah (laughs) they kind of don't have facades well that's the thing even if you take into account all of Fantasyland, even like Peter Pan, which has a similar facade idea, their sign at least is a little bit better. A little bit. You know? But it's still like whatever. Like as it could be so much cool. Like and then when you go into Fantasyland in Disneyland. Yeah. Like well, even though they're all that, It's like apples and oranges. They're not even yeah. in the same ballpark. But each one is so great in its own. They're not even in the same ballpark. Anyway, so that, that's my pick for good design, bad design. And now we're going to jump right into our merchandise loop. This is the merchandise loop, and we hope you're not duped by the fascinating things that we shop for. Uh, I guess I'll go first for this, since Adam went first on Good Design, Bad Design. Uh, I want to talk for a second about one of my absolute favorite things, and the best part about this one is that it's free and available online, and that is uh, from the blog Passport to Dreams, which is a wonderful, terrific, very in-depth Disney-based blog. You know, they they write a lot about the history of the parks. It's at passporttodreams.blogspot.com. One of the best. It's right up there for me with, like, Imaginary Disney. Just phenomenal writing, wonderful old pictures, etc. But this is a very special thing that they did back in April. It's called a musical souvenir. Uh Uh-huh. And I, I wish I knew, I don't think I even know the name of the person who writes this vlog, but they're, they do such a wonderful job. The musical souvenir is, sort of takes a day in the Magic Kingdom, circa 1977. So imagine all those attractions and sounds and things, and it weaves together audio from the parks at that time, uh-huh. you know, and you sort of go through each area of the park, starting like on the monorail, you start on the monorail and you get to the Magic Kingdom and you end your day, you know, watching the electrical light parade. Uh-huh. You know, it's terrific. It's very long. It's a couple hours long. And I put this on in the background of the house when I'm cleaning all the time. Uh-huh. I look at it. It's on my iTunes. I look at it and it's like, you know, dozens of plays since April. You know, uh-huh. I just play it all the time. It's it's great. And I mean, it's, it's, and just the editing is really fantastic. It's so well done. It's like, this is the kind of idea I would have and just fail miserably at. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, he, and other people too. Whoever did the mix, the um, 
the levels are right. Like the, when when like audio comes in, it sits nicely within the, the background loops. And yeah, stuff. It, yeah, great. and it weaves together. There's not a real moment of you're listening to one track and then another. Yeah. It all kind of weaves together. The only the only part that I don't care for is the haunted mansion part with the heartbeat. I don't care for that, friend. Yeah, that part I always have to kind of skip past. I don't care for it very much. But I do like the kill boats. That mm. part's fun. Anyway, so that's mine. Go go and download that immediately. It's just one of the best things ever. Again, that was back in April on passporttodreams.blogspot.com. Go and get it right now. Great. Adam? Okay, mine is a real item. Okay. Not that that isn't a real item, but a tangible thing you can hold in your hand. Yes. Um, it is the restaurant-specific glasses that you could purchase mm. or collectible glass. I don't know what you would call them. Um, so specifically the the ones that we have are the ones from Trader Sam's. Mm-hmm. So if you order certain drinks, you get to keep the glass if you elect to pay more yes. and keep the glass. Yeah, that's fine. So we have two tiki glasses that are really, really cool. We have like a tall well, explain. tiki one. Yes. And then there's a more there's goblet a more, giant. A more rotund goblet. Yeah, like and on glass. And on one side he's goblet. smiling and on the other he's frowning. Yeah, it's really sweet. Yeah. Um, and then the next one, which I intend to buy during mm-hmm. our trip in October, yes. is the one in Liberty Tree. Oh yeah, we're getting that. the mug with the Liberty Tree logo. Oh, we're getting that for sure. Overall, I just think they're a lot of fun. You could just use them. It's the kind of thing you could kind of like throw in your cabinet and not look it's at it. It's a nice type of uh, merchandise that we like to get is that yeah. it, it it has a function. Yeah. You know, it's not like I'm buying a Nick Disney neck. frame and hanging it on the wall and it just looks bad. Yeah. You know, I hate to do that. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't leave the Liberty Tree mug like on a of shelf. Course. For everyone to it. see, I would just put it in my cabinet and then use it occasionally. And it makes you smile when you do use it. Yeah, and then you could pretend that you're in the Liberty Trap. Exactly. We maybe we might get two, and we might make we a might vegetarian open, pot pie yeah. and drink out of them. And pretend we'll probably do that. We're in and Liberty watch Tree. Johnny Tremaine. We'll probably do that. That might happen. That's definitely gonna happen. And then we might go outside and hang lanterns from the tree in our courtyard. Yes, and our courtyard would look just like Disney World. It's true. It would be wonderful. It would be awesome. But so I really like those. If there's, I don't know if there's any other ones that people know about, but you yeah. write us if you do. Yeah. I'd like to buy write some us more. And, and let us know. They used to, I think they used to have more like resort specific type glasses maybe. Uh-huh. And I think some of the signature bars you can get little glasses here and there, but those, those tiki ones are especially yeah. wonderful. I know they do like plasticky kid ones and stuff, yeah, but that I don't care really so don't want. So much. Not so much. Anyway. So that's our merchandise loop, and now we're going to be jumping right in and answering a listener question. We think it's really sweet when you send us a tweet. Send us a tweet. We hope you never fail to send an email. Listener questions. Okay, this comes from our new uh, Facebook friend. Uh, who wrote to us, his name is CJ, and he asks, well, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to read part of it. It says, we will be celebrating our 10th anniversary in Walt Disney World this November, our third trip in 2012, which I'm totally jealous about, and I wanted to see if you guys had any recommendations for a unique restaurant for this special day. Do we do something silly and fun, like go to a character meal? Do we hit, do we hit on the drunk straight guys at Beer Garden? Do something more high-end like Le Cellier or Victoria and Albert's? We tend to eat nicer places at least once a day while we're at the world. So I welcome any suggestions you may have. Okay. They're not vegetarians. Uh, he doesn't mention that. I will assume for the sake of uh, the majority, we'll assume that he is not. 
Now, I, I like the idea of going to a character meal. Do you? Yes, I do. Oh, they just because it, that's something that you'll remember. Will you? Yes, character meals are so much fun. I don't know if, we went to one of them, and I don't know if I, I, will, I will really remember it in 10 years. Oh, I liked it. Anyway, I, I like the idea of going to a character meal. It seems like maybe if it's your 10th anniversary, you could step it up, and you could go to Akershus and meet Aurora. She is a princess, after all. You could, but then you're going to eat crappy food from yeah. what I hear. Yeah, I know, but you could do, well, just do it up and go to a character meal and then do something high-end. You could. You know? And, I mean, and if, as far if, as La Cellier goes, uh, I don't know about their steaks and stuff because we don't eat that junk, but their side dishes are amazing. Are amazing. And that food's really good. But if it was my 10th anniversary, mm -hmm. to be quite honest, and I was in Disney World, I'd probably be going to Victoria and Alba. Yeah? Well, I'm going to hold you to that in a couple years. Well, you got eight, holding, eight more years. I'm holding you I'm holding you to that. Eight more years. Well, we'll just say we'll celebrate our 10 years of meeting Melanie, anniversary, of meeting anniversary no. which is in a couple years. Okay. Anyway, so that's, I guess, our idea is we really kind of pussyfooted around that and really didn't answer your question. Anything that you think will be special, I guess high-end would probably be going. Yeah, I mean, if you go for, I mean, it really matters. Like, Disney's so random about, like, magical moments and when you have, actually have a good time. Like, No, you mentioned that it's your 10th anniversary in your reservation, and I guarantee you're getting Well, definitely, definitely do that. Definitely make sure you have your anniversary buttons on and that they know about it. If Wear you, your anniversary buttons the entire trip, friend. And maybe even trips that it's not your anniversary. Yes, but definitely when you're in trip. And if you eat, if it's, you're at a signature dining, you'll get a really good dessert for free, typically. Yeah, Which is nice. the oh, you know what would be fun? Artist Point would be fun. If yeah, you're going high end, that. if you're going high end, I like. I think I like the idea of Artist Point because it's. I don't want to say romantic because that is so dumb when people say shit like that. Mm -hmm. But I, I do like the idea of uh, the atmosphere of Artist Point and being able to walk around and enjoy that beautiful resort. Uh huh. Which is definitely cool. Go to Territory Lounge and have and then, a drink. And then you could head over to the Magic Kingdom for like. Oh, the point I was making was that you get. That you get a wonderful dessert at Artist Point if you wear your anniversary buttons. They'll give you the well, we've gotten it twice. The, the, berry, uh, the berry cobbler, right? Cobbler, or whatever. And it, it comes is. with ice cream, and it's so 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 delicious. Uh -huh. And their cheese plate's really good too. So it's good. It doesn't have strawberries in it for those of you who don't like strawberries, like my yeah sweet husband here. I don't like strawberries. I think they're gross. Um, but I don't know. But I mean, otherwise, having a silly time, something like beer garden would be. Yeah, really that's fun. always, I guess like there's no bad way to do it. There's no bad way to do it. It depends on your personal style. You seem like you're probably a, a very fun person if you're listening to this podcast, clearly, obviously. So go and uh, do whatever makes you happy, you know? Yeah. If you want something romantic-y, I would go for like super high end. Yeah. Sit down with the two of you and enjoy a really awesome dinner. If you want something more like fun and silly, I would probably go for something like beer garden, go get dessert somewhere yeah, around the I guess world. if you're going for atmosphere, I recommend it at a resort. Yeah. You know, eating at a resort. It seems like you have a lot of experience with this, so you probably know the better places for you. But if it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing, go to Stinkin' Victorian Elmer's. Just, let's do it. In the end, you know, a couple hundred bucks is not going to kill anybody, you know? And if it makes those awesome memories for you, just mm -hmm. go and kill it. You and you did, did they say when their anniversary is? Uh, let's see. It looks like it's in November. Yeah. Early November? November? I don't know. It says November. Because we're not going to be there. Well, if we're no, leaving on the first. Well, that's not what I meant about us being there. I was saying if they were near a Halloween party, I would go to a Halloween party. Yeah, but that's no. I don't do that. That's not good. I, that's like the one bad idea. So this answer has gone on too long. Uh, CJ would also like me to wish his husband 
a very happy birthday. Uh, his name is Joe, and his birthday, I think, if this podcast came out on time, is today, Monday the 30th. So, yay. very happy birthday happy to birthday. you. He's turning uh, 34. That's awesome. Oh, yay. Yay, 34 is good. 34 is a good age, because people don't treat you like kids anymore. It's a good age, indeed. All right. So, that was going to do it for our show this week. Thanks for listening to this ridiculous episode of the Disney Hipster Podcast. You can read our daily blog posts on DisneyHipsters.com, follow us on Twitter at DisneyHipsters, and for the love of God, you can like us on Facebook. You can send comments and listener questions to DisneyHipsters at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Yay, goodbye. Goodbye. Because this week's episode of the podcast was so short, I thought we would include a little treat at the end of the show here. This is Adam's cover of the Sherman Brothers classic song, One Little Spark, from the attraction at Epcot that we did for a blog post a couple weeks ago. Enjoy. Lights up for you.